Hey, did you know that plastic is produced with oil? A fossil fuel that pollutes the environment. Wouldn't it just be awesome if we could live our lives without plastic? Well, there's a company that wants to help you do just that. Life Without Plastic. They sell products that will reduce or eliminate your dependence on plastic. They have a large selection of products like toothbrushes, food storage containers, drinking straws. And the best part is that they're also very reasonably priced. So what are you waiting for? Check out all these great plastic-free products and help save the planet. Just click on the link in the show notes to find out more and to start your journey to being plastic-free. Welcome, friends, to the Nature Wonder Podcast. I'm Paul, and before I get started, I want to do a little bit of ranting. I apologize, but I just got to get it off my chest. So as I usually do in the summertime, I spend a lot of my days at my wife's shop helping her out. And by the way, if you're ever in the quaint little town of East Aurora, get over to the Roycroft campus. It's a historic site where the arts and crafts movement basically started in the United States. The Roycroft campus, if you go to the antiques building at the back of the campus, downstairs on the lower level is my wife's pottery shop. Beautiful pottery, Black Raven Pottery in East Aurora on the Roycroft campus. So get there if you're ever in East Aurora, New York, Beautiful little town, quaint little town, lots of lovely shops, a lot of art. And anyhow, I was there helping her out the other day and I was sitting outside. I went outside for lunch and as I walk out the door of the building, it was warm. It was about an 85, 86 degree day, but there was a little bit of a breeze. And if you sat in the shade, you were kept nice and cool. So it was comfortable. If you went out in the sun, yes, it was hot. But I walk out the door and there's this car sitting there that obviously wasn't very well tuned because it was kind of noisy and it was running. Now, the windows were closed. There was somebody sitting in the passenger seat. So I figured, okay, they just ran inside real quick and they want to keep their passenger cool. So I sat down at the table and I started eating lunch with my wife and time went by and that car was still sitting there, still idling with the air conditioner going, I imagine, wasting fossil fuels, spewing greenhouse gases into the environment. And I just sat back and waited for this guy to come out. It apparently wasn't a short, quick in and out of the building. Next thing I know, it's like 10 minutes, and the passenger gets out of the car, didn't shut it off, didn't open windows, didn't do anything, just got out of the car, walked to a different shop, and disappeared. And then finally, about another five minutes go by, and this guy comes out of the antique shop, opens his car door, gets in, Sits there on his phone for a little while. Imagine now he's waiting for his passenger. 
and then he opens the windows. His window. The car is still running. It's like, why don't you shut the car off? You just opened your window. Now all your air conditioning is going out the window. It's a waste. All this greenhouse gas being spewed out. Chris, this also bothers me when I see shops do this. And I've seen it at several different places where a shop will have its doors open and the air conditioning is going on. Now, yes, I understand. You're inviting people into your business by keeping your door open. Open door policy is like, come on in, explore the shop, buy things. But do you have to have the air conditioning running then at full blast? I mean, you walk by these shops and the air conditioning is just blowing out. You can feel the cold air coming out of the shop door. I just don't get it. You know, you're, you're contributing to greenhouse gases. People just don't get it sometimes. Anyhow, this lady finally got back into her car, the passenger, and the guy drove off, air conditioning still on, I imagine, and the windows were all wide open. He pulled around, drove past me, and I saw the license plate, Florida. It's like, that just was the big killer. You live in a hot climate. You should be used to this weather. It's 85 degrees. It gets warmer than that down in Florida. I remember when I was a kid and my grandmother would visit every spring, just as the lilac trees were blooming, my grandparents would come up from Florida. They lived in Florida full time. And they would come up from Florida for a one or two week visit. And when they did, I mean, it's 70, 75 degrees in the spring up here in Western New York. And my grandmother was always wearing her sweater. To her, it was cold. Yeah, she felt cold because she was used to the hot weather. So I'm sitting here thinking, it's like these people are from Florida and they have their windows open and the air conditioner running. They spent 15 minutes, and I'm sure it was longer than that because the car was running when I came out into the parking lot, and they should have been used to the weather and sat there in their car in the shade with the windows open and the nice breeze coming through. But no, let's destroy the environment instead. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox. But this actually has something to do with the topic I want to talk about today. Today I'm actually recording from my studio as the National Weather Service has issued yet another air quality alert in my region. Several times already this past month we have had these alerts and been told to limit all outdoor activity. Now if I lived in a big city I would expect this, but I live in a rural area where the air quality is usually quite clean and clear. Today, when I go outside, I see a haze across the hill, and I can smell the smoke. That's how bad it is. So I'm seeing this haze out there. It's almost like a drape over all the trees, over the hills, and it's so bad you can even smell the smoke. All of this is due to the wildfires up in Canada. 
I am used to hearing about the wildfires in the West and recall talking to my brother from Seattle a few years back, and he showed me some pictures of the view outside his window, and it was a deep haze from the wildfires near them. So wildfires do happen. I mean, it's a natural thing, wildfires. I also recall a few years back when I went out west to the Golden Circle to see some of the national parks. I was staying with my wife. We were staying in Moab, Utah. And while we are there on vacation, and we kept hearing about the wildfires that were close by, and we were warned that we may need to evacuate our Airbnb. Not exactly what you want to hear when you're on vacation. But we saw the fires miles away. They were quite large. The fires, well, the one night we went up to Arches National Park in the evening. We were doing an evening star watching program up there. And while we are up on the hill, we could actually see in the distance the fires at night. And sometimes they would get bigger and other times they would get smaller. But yeah, these were raging fires that they were fighting. Um, You could actually see the haze and smell the smoke when we went into the town during the daytime. So I've been around these wildfires before. Uh, And actually, probably one of the closest I got was when my wife and I, we went to Glacier National Park a few years ago. Half the park was closed due to wildfires. We could see the plumes of smoke in the distance, and we saw a few of the fires outside of the park as well. We drove by on some of the roads, and you could actually see some of the fires in the woods, not too far from the road. Now, signs along the roads mentioned to be aware of fire vehicles entering the highway, which is why the park was partially closed. It wasn't that they were worried so much about people getting burned. The fires weren't that close to the road, but they had so many firefighters and, of course, their vehicles going in and off the road. So they didn't want people, all the traffic interfering with the firefighters doing their jobs. But it was an eye-opening experience to be that close to where these fires were happening. But this here, what we're getting, the smoke and haze here at my house, this is the first time that I can recall something this close to home. Usually I see them when I go out west. That's where I usually hear or see about the wildfires. But they do happen in the eastern part of the U.S. as well. Now, this is not happening here, though. This is happening up in Canada. Like I said, this is the first time that I recall something this close to home. And honestly, it isn't that close. Canada is about an hour and a half away, and the fires are deeper into Canada. But the fires are so large that the smoke is carrying quite a distance, and depending on the wind of the day, we feel the effects when the wind is in our direction. Wildfires, they're a natural part of nature, usually caused by lightning. Now many fires, unfortunately, are caused by careless humans, and wildfire season is getting longer and more intense as of late June. This is now the worst wildfire season in Canada's history. There are more than 20 million 
acres burned so far. That's right. I said 20 million acres with more than 480 wildfires ablaze across the country of Canada. About 250 of those, so more than half, are considered out of control, which means they can't keep them under control. They're trying, but they can't. These fires have also released a record amount of carbon emissions. Remember, carbon is in trees. It's in wood. And as these trees are burning, that carbon is being released out of the trees. All that carbon is being released, and it's the most that they have on record up in Canada being released. The smoke, it's actually blanketed Canada, northeastern U.S., and I actually read an article that said it has reached as far as Europe. So the smoke has gone all the way across the ocean and is now in Europe. They don't have it quite as bad as we do. It's, it's dissipated by the time it gets there, but they have detected the smoke there. Now, we have seen similar situations in the U.S. with each wildfire season becoming larger, longer, and more deadly and destructive. These wildfires are getting more and more out of control. Every year I see reports about wildfires in the U.S., in Canada, in other countries as well, that are getting worse. They're becoming larger, causing more destruction. And they're starting earlier, and they're going longer. So these fire seasons are getting to be more and more destructive. So what is causing these fire seasons to get longer and worse? Many scientists and fire experts as well, they believe that the major cause is climate change. The higher temperatures, leaving behind more fuel to burn. So as the climate gets warmer, the forests are getting drier. The trees are getting drier. The underbrush is getting drier. It's easy fuel that catches fire much easier, much quicker, burns longer. So that's what most experts are saying is that it's the warmer weather, the climate change. You know, that store that leaves its air conditioner on while the door is open. And that guy idling in his car for 15 plus minutes. All these things contributing to greenhouse gases, to the warmer climate, to climate change. All of this is causing all this extra unnecessary destruction. I mean, like I said, wildfires are a natural thing. They happen all the time, usually naturally caused by, like I said earlier, lightning strikes. But these wildfires are happening more often. And unfortunately, because humans can be careless, they're spending more time in nature. Well, not really, but people are in nature. Usually they're out there in a recreational setting of nature. Let's go explore the national parks. Great. Get out there. I love it when people are exploring nature. But we're getting 
more people being careless out there. They're causing the wildfires. So how does this affect the wildlife? That's my thought. When I see all these wildfire stories happening, I always think about, oh, the wildlife. That's just my mentality. Always thinking about nature. How does it affect the wildlife? Well, it's hard to live in a burning forest, of course. Some animals do manage to escape ahead of the flames, but others are not equipped to do so and must burrow or hide to escape the flames and hope they can find food when they emerge back into their territory. Much of their food was burned or escaped if they're a predator. And when they do migrate into new habitat, they are encroaching into someone else's territory, causing all new issues. Many experts are worried about how the critical species who are endangered will fare from these fires. Many of these species are sensitive to specific habitat. They have their area that has their needs, and they have a tough time living elsewhere. Often this is why they're in danger, because of habitat loss. Well, if the habitat disappears due to fire, they will have a tough time of it, a real tough time of it. Another issue is the timing of the fires. Like I said, they're getting longer. They're starting earlier. And with the season starting earlier, it is disrupting breeding season. Many babies are likely not to survive, which means the species won't survive. And what about the animals far from the fire who are getting all the smoke? Okay, they don't have to worry so much about the flames, the fire itself, but they're getting the smoke. I noticed on the really smoky days around my house, I didn't see or hear as many birds. Were they hiding away or did they fly to safer region? I tried to research this. I tried to find out how the smoke from a fire affects wildlife, not directly in the fire, and found that there is actually very little research on this topic. All I found is that the wildlife is affected much as humans are. So wildlife actually gets the sore throat, difficulty breathing, and fatigue. For a wild animal whose every day is about survival, these symptoms can be the difference between life and death. Now, I did mention earlier about how fire is a natural part of nature and the forests. When I was in Glacier National Park, I recall visiting some areas where wildfires had already marked the landscape in previous years. Many of these areas, they were scarred with these fire-blackened trees, yet new life was all around. With the trees now not blocking the sun, younger trees were able to start their journey up to the sun, and the understory of the forest was actually blooming. It was green. So these fire-ridden areas were actually very much alive, even though you saw the blackened tree stumps all over. Some of them weren't stumps. They were tall trees. You still saw a lot of the understory coming through. Fire does help to remove old dead debris. It restores habitat and it stimulates new growth. Too much dead plant material on the forest floor creates more fuel for larger fires. 
and it also changes the habitat for wildlife. The early days of forest firefighting was, hey, put the fire out. That was their mentality. Luckily, this mentality has changed, and now most fires started naturally are managed instead of fought. So that put the fire out was actually causing a lot of problems because it wasn't burning the debris on the forest floor, causing more fuel, which created these larger, hotter fires. So the mentality of fighting fires over the years has changed. Now it's more of a managed approach. Let's keep it under control. Don't try to force it out. This has helped to maintain a more natural balance with the ecosystems. Unfortunately, with climate change and more droughts, the natural, I'm doing air quotes here, part of the wildfires is not really in the picture anymore. So there's a good side and a bad side to wildfires. There's almost always a bad side to wildfires that are started by humans, however, and most of these can be prevented. Now I sound like Smokey the Bear. How many of you remember Smokey? Smokey the Bear is actually 79 years old this year. For those of you who don't know who Smokey the Bear is, he has been the National Forest Service's spokesperson. I mean, spokesbear, reminding us each summer that only you can prevent forest fires. Do you like my bear impersonation? Okay. Uh, yeah, that was kind of his motto, his logo and commercials and such. He would always say, only you can prevent forest fires. A bear wearing an awesome ranger hat that was all I needed as a kid to do my part. I once actually wanted to work for the national parks just that I could have that cool hat that they wore. But anyhow, what are some of the ways that you can prevent forest fires? Every time I say that, I feel like Smokey the Bear. Well, basically, use your head. It's that simple. Don't be careless with campfires is a big one. That's what starts a lot of these fires. People being careless. They leave them unattended. Don't do that. Okay, if you have a campfire, make sure that you stay with it at all times. You never know when that spark is going to fly out of the fire and catch all of the material on the ground, the debris, the kindling, all of that fuel can catch fire very easily. And it can happen just from a spark jumping out of your campfire. So always pay attention to your campfire. When you leave, always douse it with water. Don't make the fire too large either. I've seen people at campsites, they want this huge blazing fire, the Flames are reaching up to the branches of the tree. Why do you need it that big? Because it looks cool? Well, it's not cool. Okay, so make sure you keep your fire small. And if you're using matches to light your fire, break the match in half after you're done using it. The reason is, if you have that long matchstick, 
that's all the longer that it can burn. So if you break it in half, it's not going to burn as long. It's also a good idea to take that matchstick and dip that in water as well to make sure it's out. You should also be careful about where you park your vehicle. I know this sounds strange, but a hot muffler or tailpipe can easily ignite tall, dry grass. Check under your car after you park to be certain there is no tall grass underneath. If you insist on killing yourself with cigarettes, please dispose of them properly in a fireproof way. Just stepping on them or tossing them out your car window is not a good idea. I'll stay off my soapbox about people tossing their cigarettes out a car window. But anyhow, make sure that you douse them properly. Fireworks. Yeah, everyone likes celebrating the 4th of July. The fireworks in dry conditions is also not a good idea. I know when we were in Moab, they had a lot of warnings going on over the radio and the TV about, and signs too, about fireworks were not allowed at this time. Also, there was a no burn warning going on. All of this was to prevent these fires from starting. As a matter of fact, the fire that we saw while we were in Moab was called the Pack Creek Fire back in 2021. It was just outside of Moab, and it was started by someone leaving their campsite with flames still in the campfire pit. It burned just under 9,000 acres and put hundreds of firefighters and people who lived in the area, their lives were at risk. Please, please, please do your part to be smart about fires. Put those campfires out. So these are all ways that you can help prevent forest fires. Be smart. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think that I may try to get outside today. It seems to be clearing up a little bit. I'll try not to stay out too long until the air clears. If it's smoky near you, try to limit your time outdoors. I'll leave a link in the show notes for a website to check the air quality near you, just to help you out to see what it's like if you're being affected by these Canadian wildfires. I hope you enjoyed wandering through nature with me. Don't forget, invite your friends. It's always great to have extra people joining us on these wanderings through nature. Please hit the subscribe button. Take a minute to rate and review the podcast. If you have any nature questions or ideas for future episodes, feel free to drop me a DM on my Instagram page at the nature wander underscores in between each word or my website at naturewander.org. You can also support the podcast by joining my Patreon, which will also give you extras, including videos, education classes, pictures, more, or you can go to my Ko-Fi page. The links are in the show notes. Show your support of the podcast and your love of nature by supporting a Nature Wander t-shirt, a water bottle, backpack, puzzle, or more, which can be purchased at my store, which is linked in the show notes or from my website. And above all, 
Have a great week and keep exploring the nature around you. Hello, nature lovers. Do you love to read books like I do? I've always enjoyed reading books ever since I was a kid, especially books about nature. Unfortunately, as I get older, I find myself with less and less time to sit down with a good book. I've solved that problem with Audible. Audible allows you to listen to your favorite titles while you are driving at the gym, taking a walk, wherever you are. With all the latest titles, you'll have quite a selection to choose from. And they have podcasts, too. Start listening today with a free 30-day trial. To get your free 30-day trial, go to the show notes and click on the link. Happy listening.